Welcome to the Burbs Minute Podcast, quite possibly the greatest Aunt Jemima movie ever made. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And this week we are covering Minute 12 of the Burbs, which <laughs> begins with Art getting in Ray's face a little too close and saying, the Clopex are strange. It ends with Art with a mouthful of ribs saying, kind of like grave digging? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, as possibly previously discussed in an alternate universe, he asks them, what do you think they're eating over there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure why. One of the stupid co-hosts may have tried to get into it in the last episode, but um, what does Art think they're eating over there? Yeah, I'm people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thinking they're eating drifters because what else could you possibly be insinuating? The neighborhood pets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if they were gonna eat pets, I think Vince would be dead by now. Yeah, I don't think Vince would be there too, and maybe would have got rid of them crows for him too. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> your crows be solving your crow problem. Yeah, I don't know what he's trying to say, except that. And then you got to wonder, does he truly believe any of this stuff, or is he just trying to get Ray wound up? <laughs> he's trying to fire Ray up now that he found out he's off for the week. Yeah. <laughs> he's off. Let me see if I can get him all crazed. <laughs> yeah. Because people always want to take you with them. Yeah. There is no need for any of my neighbors to be standing six inches from my face saying <laughs> about how my neighbors got no visitors, no deliveries. There's a green over there, Ray. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you got to turn around and be like, get out of my face. That's pretty much what Ray does. He's like, maybe these people just want to keep to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we find out who lived next door before, which was the Nats. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I guess, that's, and they just, all, the only thing we remember really finding about them, they were kind of an old couple who didn't talk to people a lot, because he just says, he had two conversations with them. Yeah, how many, how many conversations do you have with them? Yeah. And then, uh, finally, we get to see that he has... For sure has ribs in there. <laughs> so Art, who has now been ripping the Clopex for the last minute, now defends the naps. Yeah. Saying how they were semi-normal. They mowed their lawn. Right. I like Ray said, they didn't even say goodbye when they moved. Yeah, no kidding. I wouldn't say goodbye. Yeah. Well, he says, they didn't say goodbye when they moved. So at this point, you're thinking, well, they didn't say goodbye when they moved because you guys are all huge douchebags. Yeah, that's why they didn't say goodbye. Maybe they were strange. They were uh, sane people. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe they were like that other neighbor who didn't. We never meet across the street. Who, who <laughs> tried? Who were like they kept to themselves? Did they? They tried to stay away from you, psychopaths. <laughs> so during this whole crazy back and forth, where Art is just, I mean, he's going. He's not even being Art from this movie. He's like Art Bell now. He's just yeah. crazy. Going yeah. On and on. In the background is just Ray's wife, sitting back there drinking her coffee. Wondering why she married this man. I mean, <laughs> there's no other way to put her looks any other way. Well, Art's just ripping flesh off of those bones, those uh, rib bones. Yeah. The whole time, it's gross. Which he just took out of the fridge. <laughs> Which, yeah. He didn't and are not cooked. Yeah. And then uh, the kid wanders by at some point, and you see him going into the fridge. Yeah, he has an apple. And then the kid, Dave, who has not spoken some time... Just blast onto the scene with the three of them. <laughs> and everybody looks, at week. <laughs> everybody looks at him like they were surprised he was there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know this kid's got lines. <laughs> Are you supposed to be talking? And then he, he does the whole thing and they only come out at night. And he's got an apple. 
which we just saw him knock down a banana about, you know, 30 seconds ago. Cereal with too much sugar on it. Yeah. Apple, a banana. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's trying to eat healthy after he just, you know, slammed down that uh, all that sugary cereal. I wonder if he was looking for the pineapple, because it's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so I'm going to unpack. I'm trying to unpack a few things that he talks about here. So he says, I'm, all, I'm looking at the telescope on my roof. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Right there. <laughs> now, I originally thought that that's BS, because I'm looking at it like my house. Like, where would you put a, a telescope? But later on, they do reveal that they have a kind of a porch yeah. type thing over, I guess, over the garage. Yeah. But let's all be honest. There's only one reason for a boy of that age to have a telescope in their backyard or on their <laughs> roof. And they have to look at the stars. It's to look at other heavenly bodies. Yeah. He's definitely not looking at the stars. He's pointing at the other one. Who lives across the street from them? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> same, person, same person Ricky's looking at. Yeah. He's looking at Mark's wife. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, I mean, we don't know who, because they're on a cul-de-sac, we don't know who lives on the, the backside of them. But, yeah, he's, that's how he's growing up. Yes. He's Mrs. Rumsfelding. I mean, as a guy who at some point was this kid's age, if I hear the words, somebody has a telescope, that's the first thing I think of. Yeah, whose windows can you look in? Yeah, who can you see from here? <laughs> and I mean... I she dresses barely at all outside. Yeah. I can't imagine what she does inside. She only put that on to go outside. Yeah. That was yeah, her going outside clothes is stuff <laughs> that the average woman wouldn't wear in their house. Exactly. And to be honest with you, with the minimal supervision this kid has, I'm not surprised he's up on the roof with a telescope either. Oh, not at all. <laughs> he also, from what we'll learn here and later, is I don't think he has any friends his age, and the only one he hangs around with is Ricky, who's 18. Yeah. Oh, there's a good influence. An 18-year-old Corey Feldman. <laughs> so nobody's watching this kid at all. And then the kid's heading down art territory already, and then the wife's got to poke him, asking him, what were they doing? <laughs> Everybody loves to hear their kid talking. So I'm going to – we're almost to the end of the minute, but I'm going to unpack this a little bit right before – Ray gets up and says, uh, not Ray, I'm sorry, Art says, kind of like grave diggers. Yeah. And before he says that, the kid says, digging. He takes a bite out of the apple. I'm going <laughs> to tell two stories off of this. <laughs> One, I moved into my house a couple years ago, and we were here like a week, and my bedroom upstairs faces my neighbor's house, kind of like theirs does. Right. I'm up there one night. It's kind of drizzling. It's dark. I look out my window, and my neighbor's in his backyard, and he's digging. Really? It's like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> okay, so I've also lived in my neighborhood for two years. I've exchanged exactly zero words with my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I live next door to the Clopex. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way around it. <laughs> but you didn't ask him any questions, did you? You just let him dig his own business and get it and get back in the house. I mean, uh, I consulted with the rest of the neighborhood, and <laughs> they have—they're not coming out and saying that he's a psycho, <laughs> but they're not saying he's not. <laughs> I mean, at some point along the way, maybe I'll have one of them on here to back me up on this. 
I feel like you watched this movie too many times. Were you talking to Ricky Butler when you asked? <laughs> Ricky, the local Ricky Butler of the neighborhood told me about this. <laughs> I want to tell. You, I mean, my old neighborhood where I used to live, we had not a clue. I mean, we had someone who was legitimate crazy, and legitimately snapped and killed somebody. Huh. So. That's not a burb situation. That's more of like a law and order type issue. Yeah, <laughs> so. that doesn't sound like suburbs. That sounds like inner city. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> but it's not. I mean, listen, yeah, you, were, I, you were suburbs. I listen, I realize anybody listening to this podcast, if you know, I'm from New Jersey, so I already know what you're thinking. But really, where I lived more looked more like your average suburban show. It certainly wasn't a city. Yeah. It was just, you know, occasionally have the caber, occasional neighborhood nut, and occasionally he snaps. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little stabby. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about is the scene, the scene where the kid's talking and he takes a bite out of the apple. Yeah. He um is so full of like confidence at this point. You're starting to think of like, is this kind of story going to revolve around this kid in some way? Right. Is he going to be an integral part of this plot? <laughs> Spoiler alert, he is not. No. <laughs> not at all. He's going to be a background carrier at best. He's a barely above an extra for most of this movie <laughs> he will in at least two situations be totally taken out of the neighborhood <laughs> just like all right you go away now okay. yeah. you're not around he's around for like the next couple minutes and then you don't see him much again until the end they don't grab him until they need him <laughs> yeah but it reminds me of the scene if you saw the new the star trek re- reboot the first one with uh, the 2009 one of when Captain Kirk defeats the Kobayashi Maru test, the impossible test. He's doing the same thing. Sitting there like a cocky guy, eating the apple. Like, yeah, I know everything. <laughs> and that's how the kid is, which makes sense if you're Captain Kirk and makes right. no sense if you're this kid who hasn't spoken in the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden he's got a voice. Yeah, who suddenly knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm trying to think. I just gotta back up here real quick and see what this kid. That's all he says. Or oh, 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 crazy. Yeah, so they they talk about the naps. So he apparently doesn't have a lot of luck with neighbors because he had the naps, who apparently were sucky neighbors. Right. Now he's got the Klopex, and he's got Art on the other side of him. I hate to say it, the Klopex make a little bit of noise, but they don't seem like bad neighbors for me. I could totally ignore them forever. Yeah, I know. They just were quiet. Yeah. Uh, the thing that struck me funny is he says, Ricky Butler says they're nocturnal feeders. Yeah. Ricky Butler, who's Corey Feldman, who was in The Lost Boys. <laughs> Maybe you should listen to him. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the Frog Brothers. He should know. Yeah, he knows what's going on. <laughs> and then they say the same thing, like, oh, well, you know, oh, Ricky Butler says it must be true. Yeah. Well, you know oh. what? You're the one letting your 12-year-old hang out with the 18-year-old. Yeah. And not like an 18-year-old, like, oh, yes, he's going off to Harvard next year. Like, he's obviously going to work at, at the hardware store at best. Yes, he's going to be living in that house well, long after that kid moves out and goes to college. <laughs> yeah, their kid's going to be long gone. He's going to come back. Ricky's going to be over there. He's going to be mostly bald. He's going to have like, <laughs> the Hulk Hogan haircut going on. <laughs> Still staring at 80-year-old Mrs. Rumsfeld. Yeah. <laughs> well, he'll be staring at the new Mrs. Rumsfeld. Yeah, it's possible. Another 30-year-old yeah. Mrs. Rumsfeld. <laughs> what happened to the old Mrs. Rumsfeld? I don't know. I guess she ran away or something. <laughs> yeah, she's dead. 
Yeah, so we don't we don't get up to the the final conclusion of the scene, but we get a whole other minute just letting us know that Art is definitely a conspiracy theorist. He um yeah he definitely thinks the CIA killed Kennedy and that we didn't land on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much every other thing you think of the Illuminati. I'm sure he's in on that. <laughs> I mean, as the movie will show, he's into some weird stuff. I love the kid bites the apple, and then Art bites the apple the exact same. I mean, the ribs the exact same way while staring at the kid. Yeah. Well, they're into it now. They're in their zone. Yeah. And it won't be till the next minute till the the dad finally steps in and realizes how crazy all this is and needs to pick <laughs> it up. <laughs> Which I mean, I think it's already too late. Yeah, it's too late. He's on that groundwork has already been laid. All right, so I'll cover um, – I said it was the, the best Aunt Jemima minute. <laughs> Jeez, minute so we're going to um, so, um, take a wild guess. You know who Aunt Jemima is. Yes, I know who Aunt Jemima is. All right. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to go through Aunt Jemima's filmography because I didn't look it up because that's crazy. <laughs> Just say breakfast commercials every morning for the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like you to try to guess. Uh-oh. What year the Aunt Jemima pancake mix debuted? It's gotta be. It's gotta be a long time ago. A long time ago is not a year. Fifties, fifty-three. Pretty close, except not at all. Aunt <laughs> Jemima pancake mix debuted in eighteen eighty-nine. Oh my God! I said a long time. I didn't mean that long. Uh, <laughs> And then the trademark debut start goes back to 1893. Quaker Oats Company first registered the Aunt Jemima trademark in April 1937. Of wow. course, here's what all comes crashing down. Aunt Jemima originally came from a minstrel show as one of the pantheon of stereotypical black characters. Right. Wonderful. Oh, well, I mean, now that you know how long ago it was, it's not surprising. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Just, just wonderful. <laughs> and I tried to look through... The Wikipedia to see, like, well, maybe I can get something. Everything is worse than the last thing I read. Oh, no. Oh, it's bad. It is bad. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit about the pancake mix. And then there's this horribly racist picture. And, like, a whole old racist logo. And oh, there's, yeah. There's a section entitled Idealization of Plantation Life. Slang. <laughs> no thanks. I won't be reading that on the podcast. No. In popular culture, I didn't read. I thought I was going to say like what movie it was in, but it really doesn't. And then there's something in here about the people. Uh, yeah, I guess some of the relatives, the descendants, tried to sue whoever owns it, Quaker Oats, and they lost. And they lost. And they lost. Well, I mean, I the, the person's been dead forever, so right. Because I think there were yeah there was a person who, like, was the person they. The person who portrayed Aunt Jemima, Lillian Richard, from 1925-1947, she traveled around like being Aunt Jemima. Really? Like yeah. she, Aunt Jemima stage shows? Is that what's going on? Stage shows. <laughs> <laughs> she worked at strip joints. Coming to the stage, Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima coming to the stage. <laughs> Isn't she sweet? <laughs> You're a horrible person. You're horrible. <laughs> Yeah, all right, all right, we got to fold back in. I'm going off the rails here. We came back to the verbs. <laughs> <laughs> we lost it a little bit. Oh, yes. I mean, you start talking about pancake syrup, and I just lose it. 
I mean, I don't know that we learned a lot of new information. This, I mean, we know that everyone thinks the Klopeks are strange at this point. Or at least these guys do. We really don't know what Mark thinks yet. Yeah. So they think the Klopeks are nuts. The kid thinks the Klopeks are nuts. Ricky thinks the Klopeks are eating people at night. <laughs> eating stuff at night. They're nocturnal theaters. <laughs> so all the crazy neighbors think they have a crazy neighbor. Right. That's wonderful. Crazy neighbors think that they're crazier than they are. That's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. We're all psychotic, but these people, they're crazy. Yeah, they're really bad. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure when they put their heads together and start their investigation, that'll clear things right up. Yeah. They'll figure it right out. Yeah. So, I mean, they say uh, about the, the Naps didn't say goodbye when they moved, like you said. And right now we're assuming that they didn't say goodbye because they hated all these people. Right. I mean, it'll come out later why they didn't say goodbye. Which goes <laughs> back to, like he said in the last minute about the real estate broad. Oh. If it all goes down the way the Klopex reveal later – there should have been no real estate person to see. Oh, okay. Oh, whatever. Oh, look at that. A little continuity error in a, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a comedy. How dare they? They just wanted to get the word broad in there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> just to let you know what kind of a guy he is. <laughs> yeah. That real estate broad. <laughs> yeah, and then we hear their kid for the first time. We get a, yeah, not too much going on here. I actually wrote down Captain Kirk in my notes. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I guess to remind myself of that. The apple, yeah. I'm sure there's other symbolism. Smarter person might be able to figure out what it is. I mean, you can go deep, you can go biblical on it, but I don't know that that's necessary for the verbs. I know Art's eyes triple in size while he's while he's saying kind of like grave diggers. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's like right when he's in his face. Yeah, yeah, he's right Again, in. His no face. one needs to be. If you're that close to somebody. You're whispering to them about something, about you don't want other people to hear, or you're really challenging them in some way. You need to back up. <laughs> yeah. You're way too close to me. <laughs> All right. I don't have anything else. You got any other uh, notes for this minute? No notes. No notes. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Burr's Minute Podcast. Why don't you swing over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Check out our Twitter and the Facebook, Burr's Minute. And you can uh, email us at the Burr's Minute Podcast dot Oh, no, no. Podcast at gmail.com.com. What's wrong with me? I don't have a website. <laughs> don't look for the website. There isn't one. <laughs> um, if you need more from me, uh, you know, if you want to read something I wrote, something that involves zombies and Mars and uh, lots of people getting uh, killed, you can read The Dawn of Mars. It's on Amazon. It has several five-star reviews. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> I'm one of the five-star reviews. Yeah, he better be. <laughs> I can get a new co-host next week. I'll call I'll call Colin Hanks up. He'll come on. He'll be a new co-host. He may come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what else? Anything else? Oh, let's see what uh, other podcast I can send you to. Why don't you swing over and I uh, catch another minute podcast? Why don't you check out the Jaws Minute? <laughs> That's a, I think we I talked about that one a couple ago. It's if you it's it's kind of the same thing as like the Indiana Jones minutes. You're never gonna have a Jaws minute where you're like, oh, not much is happening here. There's always something happening in Jaws minute. Although See, I have to ask, are they gonna do all the Jaws movies? I gotta I gotta swing over there. It's one of the ones I haven't started yet. 
I hope so. Come oh, I on. hope so too. Revenge, come on. <laughs> <laughs> because I really want them to discuss, because it is a discussion. Jaws 1, epically good movie. Jaws yeah. 2, passable. It's good. I like it. The real question is, which movie is worse, Jaws 3 or Jaws 4? Which one's Jaws 4? Is that the mother? Yes. <laughs> no. thing, Jaws 4 is a worse movie. But, like, it had nothing going for it. It should have been bad. It's got no budget. It's got none of the cast. Jaws 3 has, like, movie star like Dennis Quaid and Lou Gossett Jr. They're in SeaWorld. Yeah. And it still manages to just suck. I, I can still watch it, though, I think. It's got sharks in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can watch it right up till the end where there's, like, a 12, 15-second scene of a shark quote-unquote swimming at you, but it's really just, like, a model yeah. being pushed at you. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, I hate to step on the Jaws minute, you know, fins, but it's, <laughs> it's bad. But they're, 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 they're doing Jaws right now, so it's fine. Yeah, they're going to have their work cut out for them. That's all right. That's all I got for uh, this minute. Be careful of uh, any of your nocturnal feeding neighbors, and make sure you stay safe, neighbors. <laughs>